Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Share IDC podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything and anything, doesn't matter what or when or who or why, we will talk about it at some point. My name is Lucas, and I'm the one starting this, because why not? The idea would be like if someone walked up to you and said, what do you want to talk about? And you said, I don't care. Talk about movies, songs, video games, board games, food, books, personality traits, people, animals, history, anything and everything you can think of. Except politics, there's enough of that going on in the world. We can agree, disagree, or agree to disagree on any opinions, facts, or anything else that comes up in the episodes, because that's life. We're just having a good time. It is time for another book review, and I have been wanting to do a series for some time now, after several months of reading, because that is how my life is, and I have officially finished The first book of the series. (laughs) The book that we're going to talk about today is Six of Crows by Leah Bardugo. And by we, I mean me and my best friend, Jonathan. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Also, we can hear you and understand you. Isn't that wonderful? Yay! Yay! So did I butcher her name? Yeah, it's Lee Bardugo. Lee Bardugo. I knew I was going to do it. See, you don't know how sometimes things are pronounced just off the top of your head, you know? But uh, last time we did a book review, we did an overall spoiler-free opinion of the book for a little bit at the beginning of the episode, and then we gave a spoiler warning, and then we went deep into the depth of the book characters and story. And so this is what that is what we're going to be doing today as well. Of course, eventually we will be doing every book in the series, but uh, as of right now, we are just sticking to Six of Crows. So, um, of course, I have not read, I did not read this book prior. Um, This is the first time I have read it. Um, But before we go into the thoughts of the book, let's go a little bit uh, into the background of the writer. Um, I'm going to butcher it again if I say it again. What is it? Lee Bardugo. Lee, Lee. Bardugo. Lee Bardugo. Um, so let's go about the, the writer, and you have a little bit of information on that. Um, obviously, she has created this whole world. I mean, you said there were several several series in the series, I guess, in the world. Yeah, so she's written... About seven books in the world now, and then Dang. also two uh, novellas or extra stories, if you will. And so she's really expanded. And Six of Crows is actually the sequel series, but it's also like its own entity. Like you don't have to have read the first series, which was is Shadow and Bone, and she writes it in a way that you can just kind of start at Six of Crows and understand perfectly what's going on. And so she has, I believe Shadow and Bone was her first or one of her first books that were published, at least the one that is the most popular. And an interesting fact about her is that she 
uh, suffers from, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, um, but osteonecrosis. And so she has to walk with a cane. Um, and that actually inspired one of the characters in Six of Crows. He walks with a cane as well. And she wanted a character in a fantasy world that people like her can relate to. And I think that is just an awesome uh, thing that she added into these books here. Yeah, yeah. Um, what year did she write Shadow and Bone? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't know off the top of my head. Your head. I mean, I've got this handy dandy thing right here. You know, the internet. It's amazing. It's amazing, right? I love it. Okay, so it was published in 2012. Oh, okay. And then what was the most recent one? Um, her most recent one is Rule of Wolves in the uh, Nikolai duology. Nikolai is a character that we don't really have to talk about at the moment, but. He has his own uh, duology that she's writing. And so that one just was just released. I'm guessing that's going to be further on in the series. We're going to introduce ourselves to that character. Yes. Um, and the Nikolai duology, you either have to have read Shadow and Bone, Six of Crows, or both of the series to fully understand what's going on in that particular section hmm. of the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, she seems like a very talented writer, and she seems like she has created a world that she uh, that she has taken from personal experiences and everything like that. Um, so let's kind of get into the book a little bit. Um, of course, you you love the book just like you love almost every book you read. Probably every book you read. Um, do you do you ever not like a book? There are a few that I could do without. <laughs> why do you hate them is it because something happens in them that you don't like or is it just because it's bad badly written or something um i either find it really boring which even then some of those books i can go back later on and enjoy it it's just kind of what headspace i'm in when i'm reading it or yeah something does happen where i'm just like this whole thing was dumb and i wasted my time but that's rare i'm i'm a very uh easily pleased person so i like a lot of the books that i read uh so um so for this book six of crows um uh what what do you what do you think of this book as just as just a set alone book i think not 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 part of the series but just a lone book right i think it's a great book um it's mm -hmm. got a little something for everyone, I think, because you do have this ragtag group of people with different backgrounds, and they're all coming together um, for a big heist. And, like, there's people with powers. There's people who just have, like, skills and brains and brawn. And mm -hmm. they kind of have to handle everything that gets thrown at them in their own particular way. And so I think even if maybe magic isn't your favorite thing in the world or uh, that's something you enjoy, yeah, um, you might like this book because she never really calls it magic they, or powers. They just have this ability 
that they can do and only a, a few select people yeah it's just a race of people yeah and so just, they come from they come from a place and they all have some form of powers or whatever right we can get deeper into that um about those people because it's it's like randomly some like did not like a whole race but um we can talk about that later the so i just think this book has a lot to offer uh to those people who are looking for an adventure yeah in like yeah. a victorian oceans 11 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it is it is very much a a heist story which is good i mean everyone likes a good heist story um the period was good i liked that um i think i mentioned this to you when i was reading it about the ages of the of the characters how they were um in their mid to late teens and yeah. i was like i'm not i, I just if i have a hard time seeing them as children and every time it mentions it <laughs> i was just like oh yeah they're 16 it's like i can't i i forget that and especially with certain things that happened, <laughs> the certain things that happened in the book. Now that I'm thinking about it, now, now is actually kind of extremely awkward. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's pretty much anything in young adult fiction now, because, like, when you're that age, you're like, man, these are these seem like kind of older than me, and totally possible that they could do this. But when you get into like even just your mid twenties. And you're like, this is ten, like they're ten years younger than you. They should not be able to do these things. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I mean, they are. I mean, I think one of the characters is in his twenties. So, like, there's yeah. a a range. There is a range. Yeah. I feel like it. Uh, it read kind of strange in a sense, um, like with the reading of it because you'd be reading over it. And it would be, like, very innocent um, language. And then all of a sudden they would talk about, like, ripping someone's arms off. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> right. Like, like, it was just very, uh, like you said, I guess it was just very young adult. And so you're reading it and you're like, oh, that's super sweet. Or, oh, that's super nice. You know, just very innocent writing. And then... Um, it's talking about like blood gushing out or someone exploding or da 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 da. It's like wow, that did a drastic turn. <laughs> well, so her her writing style is very, I guess, is very interesting in that sense. It well, then if you think of it that way, it just kind of shows how, uh, at their age, um, the innocent, like the clean, fun, witty people that they are, are in this rough. Uh, world where bad really bad stuff happens and they get stuck in these terrible situations where they get hurt or injured um, and like people die so that's why even though they are maybe younger in a sense they've had to grow up and like take you know just one of those grow up too fast kind of things where it's they have a lot of responsibility on them for being so young. Yeah, yeah. A very much, um, you know, triumph over your uh, 
you know, survival, triumph over your challenges, stuff like that type of themes in the book. Yeah. Not necessarily, not not a necessarily like coming of age, but like, um, just I I don't know. It's not really a coming of age, but it's it's more of a just like challenging yourself and and getting over your challenges, I guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, I thought it was a good book. I'm excited for uh for more. Um, I'm going to go more into kind of what I think uh, with the deeper thoughts later, but overall I'd say it was a, I'd say it was a solid book, solid start. Now I know maybe, uh, maybe shadow and bone is a better book to start on in a sense. Um, like just not, I mean, I know it, I mean, it, it was a good book to start on. Um, and like, I wasn't confused at all of what was going on um, in the series, but maybe, she sets it up better in Shadow of Bones because it's the first one written, you know? Right. Um, so, I will say this in... I read this in college, um, all the books, and I read Shadow and Bone first, and that does center more around Grisha and um, kind of the country that that is set in is called Ravka, and they have kind of the civil war. And so... I well, no, knew no what spoilers because like, I will get to it eventually. It's not a spoiler. You can. It's <laughs> true. Been out I, since I know all about it. It talks. It talks about it in Six of Crow. So Six it's of been Crow. out for almost ten years. If you haven't read it by now, then <laughs> saying that one thing won't spoil anything. Anyway, true. so um, you do get more of a Grisha background in Shadow and Bone. However, six. I had a friend in college who read Six of Crows first. And they loved this and the sequel, Crooked Kingdom, um, and understood everything just fine without mm. having read Shadow and Bone. But when we talked about it together, she was like, oh, I should probably go read Shadow and Bone so I can get that side of the story, too. Um, because yeah. Six of Crows centers around uh, the city of Ketterdam in Kerch, which is a little island country off the coast of Ravka. So... Like, it's a different world, but at the same time, I mean, sorry, a different place and people, but at the same time, it's the same world. So, yeah. whoa, I forgot the original question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I was, it was just talking about, like, maybe it's better to, uh, <laughs> maybe it's better to read Shadow and Bone before this, but um, it, it seems like it, it doesn't. There, has, there doesn't matter what order you read them in. It just gives you two different types of experiences of introduction into the world. Right. Yes. Yeah. Both series have a different feel. And um, you can read either uh, book first. It doesn't really matter. But like I said, if you were to read like the Nikolai duology, you would have to read both the other series before that one. Yeah, which that that's a whole different thing almost. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think that's a good overall opinion, overall explanation of the book. I think that's very well explained. So if you are interested in it and you have not read it yet and you don't want any spoilers, um, turn it off now because we're going to be diving into the book and talking about spoilers and everything. If you don't care about spoilers, 
listen right on. If you already read the book and you want, this is what you're actually here for, the deep down and dirty stuff, then we are going to be doing it now. So and going to yeah, t- turn away if you want to. Yep, turn it off. Turn it off if you <laughs> don't want to listen. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs> um, and then when you read the book, you come back and listen to the rest of it. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, so I feel like the characters in this book um, – are very good. So, you, of course, you have Kaz, Nina, Inej, um, Jesper, Matthias, and uh, is Wesley, I guess, the Wyland. sixth one? Wyland. Who? Oh, Wyland. That's right. Wyland. Um, uh, Wyland. So, those are the six. Yeah. But you really fo- follow Kaz uh, Brecker through the entire thing. Um and I think, I mean, I think he is a great character. I think he is a great character. But I also really like Nina and uh, Matthias probably better than any uh, characters in the book. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, they're, and I know we're not talking about it, the new Netflix Joe Shadow and Bump, but you do get a lot of Nina and Matthias's like flashbacks from the books you get to see mm-hmm. those in the series and that just kind of made them one of my favorite char- some of my favorite characters in the book just seeing them come well alive. i'm guessing that if shadow and bone is about uh more of the grisha and more of the civil war stuff you'll see a lot more of that Math- Math- matthias and nina interaction because all of their interactions were during that time. And right. then in, in Six of Crows, it's very much an afterthought because you literally meet Nina. I think I think Kaz goes to Nina and says, hey, I need your help with the heist because he got hired from a job. And then he goes, hey, we need, a, we need Matthias. And she's all like, oh, yeah, let's go save him. I owe him his life. And then you find out throughout the book about what happens like with flashbacks and how they hate each other, but so much tension is in it as well. <laughs> but uh, so you kind of, it, it's very mysterious because you're like, what the heck happened? Like what really happened um, with everything? And you get to it eventually a little bit, but it'd be interesting to see kind of have the, how their story played out. And I guess Shadow of Bones is very much like that. Right. And yeah, so that's one of the things about this book is that depending on the type of reader you are, you may like it more um, if you like trying to figure things out because she just runs with the story and gives you flashbacks throughout the book um, to kind of give you a history of each of these characters and kind of show you where they're from. And sometimes those flashbacks don't happen until like, further into the book there's some things you don't find out until the second book and these are things that you just want to know and need explained yeah um but she holds on to those bits of information to drop them when she likes and it can be frustrating sometimes but it also keeps it very intriguing because you want to know more yeah i thought the not to just jump to the ending but i thought that the book was wrapped up very nicely to lead into the second book. Um, you know, everything was kind of uh, 
you know, everything either kind of came to fruition or opened up to to lead you to, you know, to for anticipation for the next book. You know, there wasn't anything like majorly left open or, you know, plot holes, stuff like that. And it, you, it, everything was kind of wrapped up nicely for what the book was talking about. And then something happened to make it to make you anticipate the next book. For sure. Like the mission that they're on, mission, heist, whatever. Um, It definitely wraps up that storyline, but the way she ends it is almost like you need to read the second one because yeah. my gosh, what a cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there, um, yeah, I thought, so t to be honest, the character development in the book was very, um, was very good. I mean, I really did enjoy the character development in it. Um, the flashbacks were a little bit confusing at times because I was like, I was like, okay, so it was, it wasn't confusing in the sense of, um, of confusing to read, but in a sense you'd be reading the chapter and you would be reading it and it would be Inej and Kaz talking to each other. And then all of a sudden it was like flashback because Kaz started telling a story, but instead of just telling the story, he, she writes in a flashback type of way. And so if the flashback is too long, you're reading the book and you're like, wait, where am I at again? It's like, did, did something happen and I missed it? Or are we in a flashback or what's happening? And then you kind of have to remind yourself, oh yeah, that's right. Like, 10 pages ago <laughs> Kaz was all like let me tell you the story <laughs> and you're like oh that's right I forgot they're in a flashback that happened a lot with Nina and, and Matthias as well like there were several times where I was like what is happening like I had to stop reading and be like where am I did I m skip a page and miss like them traveling to a different place. So there were several moments where I was a little confused with flashback exposition. You know, I felt like she really uh, used that to share what happened to a character. Um, but overall, it wasn't confusing, but it was at the same time. I think there was a moment when I was talking to you about it. And I was talking about like a, the woods and someone being there and them saving them, but then them turning on them or something like that. I still don't even remember <laughs> that part. And you were like, it's important. And I was like, sorry, I'll have to reread it. And then I never did. <laughs> yeah, I remember that conversation. I still don't know. I don't know what you were talking about, like what part. I don't remember um, either, but there was, I, I, that's, that's the confusing part to me because <laughs> I'm just like, what happened? Yeah, I think it was Nina or something. I don't remember. I mean, sometimes when I read a book, like I will, if there's a lot of stuff happening around me, I might get distracted. And so, yeah, if I look down and I see we're in a flashback where like they're talking about things that have basically come out of nowhere because I just kind of like kept going but wasn't focused on what I was reading mm -hmm. I have to backtrack and be like oh okay we're we're in a different time now yeah yeah um 
Yeah, and so, I mean, it wasn't a bad, like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it was kind of confusing when I was reading it, because I had to, if I got distracted uh, and I came back, or if I just looked up and came back, I had to, like, really think, okay, yeah, this that's right, we're still on the boat, you know, traveling <laughs> to this place, but they're really talking about the past of what happened. Um, so that was, that was a little confusing, but overall, it was fine. Yeah. I didn't mind it. Nothing bad about the book, just you as a person yeah just me as a, just me as a person yeah <laughs> just kidding. um but the characters themselves i thought were very good um uh there were several things you know i felt like there were good interactions with every character i think there were specific uh moments in the book that really kind of popped out um you know, when Kaz got the job, I think that was a very big moment. Um, also, uh, just the Grisha themselves, like, who are they? Um, they're very, they're very mysterious in this book. Um, because you don't quite know exactly what has happened. So in this book, you find out that the Civil War happened and they lost? Or... They lost, and then some of them kind of surrendered, thinking that they would get their freedom, but then really the, um, they were enslaved and used to their bidding, I guess. Is that a good way to explain it? This is where reading Shadow and Bone would help with that background, because there was a civil war where um, the main... Oh, well, can I spoil Shadow and Bone? <laughs> no. Um, so, okay. but that's what, that's what I got from the, that's what I got from the book. Like, that's kind of what happened is, is the, the, the Grisha, they were like, we want to surrender. We don't want to fight anymore. Give us our freedom. And then they were like, nope, we're, I mean, we don't have to fight anymore, but you don't get your freedom. And we'll right. enslave you. In a sense. Okay, so I will say this about the Grisha. Um, that Grisha isn't like a race. It's just something um, in your blood. They uh, Ravka calls it the small science. So it's more scientific than like magical. Mm, but yeah. the people who have this ability... Um, they're called Grisha, and they're treated differently in different countries. In Ravka, the king and queen do have, they call it the second army, and the second army is full of Grisha, where the first army is the normal, everyday humans. And so they don't fully trust Grisha because of some something that happened in Ravka that one of the Grisha did years and years ago that kind of split apart the country um, in an extreme way. Read Shadow and Bone to find out what that is. <laughs> um, so that's kind of Ravka's take on that. Um, they're not really, like, forced to be in the army. They go to a... S that's a lie. They, uh, if they find out that you have the Grisha trait... Um, gotcha. you go and join the second army 
And so some people do try to leave the country and go to Kerch, where they can sell their services to kind of like an indenture to kind of get away from that. Um, kind of the like Fjerdins to the north of Ravka, they hunt Grisha because they believe that they are evil and witches and uh, deserve to die. Yeah, Matthias is a... Uh, is it Tuskela? Yeah. Where they hunt. They are Fjerdins in charge of hunting down the Grisha to kill them. And so they're always at war with Ravka. And then to the south is the Shuhan. And they... Um, I don't remember their relationship with the Grisha, but they kind of... Uh, use Grisha in a nefarious way. Yeah. And so a lot of Grisha do try to go even more west to like Novi Zem and the southern continent to kind of try and escape the uh, oppression of those countries and how they use Grisha and hunt Grisha and kill them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that explains a lot. Because overall, I was like, I'm confused over everything that's going on. But um, but the premise of this in this book, they they create a a drug. I guess is a good way to use it. A drug that enhances their powers. Yes. Which is called what? Jurda Parem. Jurda Parem. That's um, right. So, Jurda is kind of almost what you would... It's like a stimulant. That in and of itself is not bad. It's kind of like... I don't know. I imagine it to kind of be like dip. Yeah. Um, Like an American equivalent. Um, And intense. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy how... I mean, just with the certain... Like, the way they explain it and everything and the way they... That it enhances their powers... Like the book starts off with a Grisha who can control and heal and, uh, you know, can heal wounds and stuff like that. And she pretty much takes this drug and can stop a person's heart beating within, you know, just looking at them. Right. Um, so some basic rules of the Grisha is that they use their hands, um, to kind of con- channel the power. And so normally when a Grisha's hands are tied, they can't. Um, cast their ability. And Grisha is kind of separated into uh, the corporal key where they're like healers or they're called heart renders where they can kind of stop people's hearts from beating. But again, they need their hands to do that. Um, There's the Firiaki, which is like controlling the wind, water, and fire. And then elements, there's yeah. material key, which um, are people who can like manipulate metals or um, alchemy and stuff like that. But yeah. again, they need their hands. And so Jurda Parem does amplify their power and almost change it, as we see with uh, Nina. Like it gives her new abilities. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that we'll talk about the ending in uh, at the end, um, but uh, 
but yeah, so so that's that is an interesting part of the book. I think that's a very important part of the book, having that the Grisha and the Ravka and or the and uh, the Fearden and everything, you know, all those relationships because it's a very in this book it's a very subtle part of the book, but it's very interesting to me reading it. I was like, oh man, there's something going on here. I want to learn more about that. Uh, but all the like you said, this book is about. Um, you know, the, I don't, I don't want to use the word bounty hunters in a sense, but they're, they're, mer well, they're not really mercenaries either. They're paid contract people. Are you they're, talking about like the gangs of Ketterdam? Yeah. Like they're thieves and, 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 uh, muscle and stuff like that. Yeah. And con men. Yeah, so you've got Kaz, Inej, and Jesper, which, spoiler alert, Jesper is actually, you know, a Grisha you find out later on in the end of the book. What? Um, oh, spoilers! See, this is a spoiler <laughs> section. Um, but in the beginning, you think he's just a, just a lowly sniper person, gunsman. Um, Gunslinger with a gambling addiction. Yeah, yeah. Which, which that part of the book kind of got me interested because i was like oh dang did he really betray them but he didn't mean to but he did but kaz was still very upset about that right um, uh and nej is a great character i love that there were some there were some strong women involved strong men involved i mean i don't really care about that aspect of things but it's i mean you know it's not about it's just about the character development to me it's not about that specifically but i did like Inej. i did like nina um, I, I did not like Nina early on in the book, um, but she did warm up to me, uh, very much to, like as the book progressed through. You sound like Matthias. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, no, Matthias, he loved her no matter what. Um, and then, uh, and then Inej, Inej was just a solid character throughout the entire book. I really enjoyed the Inej character. Yeah, she is probably one of my favorites just because how awesome she is. Like, she yeah. had a rough background, of course, and, like, she's fought to be where she is. Um, and Kaz helped her out as well to be where she's at. But, like, she has morals, and yeah. she tries to stick to them as best as she can while being part of a gang and living in this wicked city and she does her best to honor her saints while also helping out Kaz and the crew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of back and forth in the book with man. I owe Kaz my life. Wait, I don't owe him anything. He's a horrible person that puts us in danger. Yada, yada, yada. But he, I actually owe him a lot, but I can't, <laughs> yeah i mean it's internal struggles <laughs> yeah sure. def definitely internal struggles and uh but but um there were a couple of good moments in the book um kaz getting the job i really liked that moment in the book with the office scene and the house uh with uh van eck is that who it was I think so. Yeah, there's a lot of names, and so it was kind of hard to follow name-wise. Like, who is Boyer Bayor? 
I can't think of it from your pronunciation, honestly. <laughs> I probably like, read it different. I think it's like Bolu Bolu Bayor. <laughs> is that a person or is that like something else? I mean, is that a, is that like a place to go? Is that like a, <laughs> a place to go? I don't know. Well, but they're always all like they're always like Bolu Bayor is here or. <laughs> Is this where Boyer Bayor is? It's all like, I don't know. Is that where he is? <laughs> there were just a lot of names and I couldn't follow all of them. Like Per Haskell and everything like that. I was just like, who is that? Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. I forgot. Um, but uh, Bayer? Yul Bayer? What? Are you talking about Yul Bayer? I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, now. yeah. That guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of like a key component in the book. He's like the lead bad guy that you never see, that they're always looking for. I, I don't think that's true. Or do you see him? Isn't that... That's... uh? I don't think you see him. What is his name? <laughs> Why didn't we research this better? <laughs> I, just, um, I just got done reading it. <laughs> it's that one kid that they find wesley his, oh his, oh that's right that's right that's right okay 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 there it's, it's is back no to wesley me. it's wyland wyland sorry wyland <laughs> hey i'm getting it it's a w um <laughs> wyland um okay so no 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 that's right that's right that's right so boyer Bayor is the guy who created the drug yes and then i guess he's dead is he dead he's dead okay yeah he's dead because his son was the one that was making the drug. Huey? That's right. Kauai? Yeah. Kauai? Yes. You know what? I have the collector's edition with the pronunciation. Let me get that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's right cuz in the book, in the book later on in the towards the ending, you they find that kid. That's right. Um, so okay, so that all makes sense now. Now that I'm actually thinking about it, this is actually a review plus a, a talk through of the book, <laughs> <laughs> an understanding of the book. Oh my gosh! Um, Kuwei uh, Yulbo. Kuwei Yulbo. Yes, that's what it's called. Wait, is that wait? That's the kid. That's the son. Kuwei Yulbo. But okay, well, that all makes sense now. That that all makes sense. So, story of the book, Van Eck hires Kaz to go and get um, the drug um, back to him so that they can kind of kind of get that away from their enemies in a sense um, so that they can control it with the console's permission da 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 blah. you know basic stuff hey one group of people wants to steal it from another group of people to protect their whatevers or to not cause war, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's kind of where he puts the team together. He has to go through this really hard heist thing. Like we mentioned, it is a heist book. Um, and he creates this team with all these people that we've been talking about. Now, of course, the end of the book, when I was reading the end of the book, I was like, oh man, something's gonna, something's wrong. Like something's bad's gonna happen here. Like I wasn't, I was not expecting the deal with Van Eck to go down um, so smoothly. Uh, let's just say that. Because when I was starting to read the end of the book, I was like, dang, something's a little fishy here. I don't like the way this is, this is transpiring. 
Um, and then you find out that he's double crossing them, that he wants the drug for himself. And so they pretty much they didn't bring the drug to him, but they created or they brought the 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 son um, that can create the drug to him. Well, so he thinks. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. A lot of twists and turns at the end. Nina had changed Wyland to look like Kuei Yabu Yubo. Kuei Yubo. Yubo. So, um, yeah, like it, because of that, um, like, twist, that's why you just feel the need to go right into the second book. The second book, because of what happens there at the end. Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of the action happens right at the end. I mean they they exit the prison with everything. They they uh feel they feel like they're free and they're like oh we escaped we did it and then they get ambushed by the army and then Nina goes and takes the drug and kills everybody pretty much exploding heads and stuff like that. Um. <laughs> And then they think they're free again. They're like, okay, yeah, now let's get our money from Van Eck. And then Van Eck's there, and he has his guards and his Grisha with the drug and everything. And, uh, oh my gosh, it's such a good scene. I say scene because I see it in my head. But, like, so Wylan, a.k.a. Wesley, whose actually name is Wylan, <laughs> um, uh, be, like Jonathan said, Nina changes his appearance to make him look like the son of the guy who created the drug, uh, because Wyland knows that he's gonna he's gonna get double crossed by his dad. Um, um, so he's the son of Van Neck, and that scene where where Kaz was all like, uh, where he destroys the ship and with with Agrisha, and he's like, your son was on that ship, and he's like. Oh, well, I don't really care. And then he says all that stuff about him being a disgrace to the family. And I thought it was interesting, specifically why he was a disgrace. That he couldn't read. Yeah. That was the disgrace that he was. Not that he, you know, uh, was a party animal or that he did something or that he wasn't teachable. No, it was specifically... He had a hard time learning to read, and so therefore he was not um, respected or anything higher up in that echelon of society. Right, and so because, he was kicked out of the house. Yeah, Van Eck is part of. I think he's part of the Merchant Council, which, like, it's basically the ruling body of Overkirk. Um, if there was one, it would be them, and he is worried that his estate is going to be left in the hands of this illiterate kid who, despite all efforts, can't learn to read. And he hates his son for it, for that. And you you do get a lot more of Wyland's side of things in the sequel, Turkey Kingdom. So I won't go too much into that. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it just shows like how truly awful Van Eck is that he would do this to his son just for that reason. Like he 
found this little, uh, not necessarily like a flaw, but something that he needed extra help with. And instead of like persevering with that help and being encouraging, he always brought Wyland down and made him feel stupid and unable to do uh, what he needed to to learn. Yeah. And then they were all like, but you sent him letters asking him to come home. And he realized that he was just mocking him. It was just like, oh, I really wish you'd come home. <laughs> like, what kind of a parent does that? Right. It's like so horrible. It's like, oh, yeah, you should probably come home soon. Not like what the Sending crap? letters to his illiterate kid. Yeah, he's like literally sending letters to his illiterate kid telling him, oh, I can't wait for you to come home. Please come home because he realized that he can't read it. What a douche. It's kind of funny, but oh just, it just shows how much of a terrible person. He's a horrible person. And then, um, and then, uh, you find out that Wyland was actually, you know, in disguise and that he heard everything. And he's all like, oh, I can't believe you're you're not just a disgrace. You're a traitor. And he's like, what? You just called me worse things than that. <laughs> Your <laughs> whole villain's villain, horrible father's speech. And uh, and so he really didn't get the guy. And then, of course, what do you, how do you feel about the whole Inej cast thing? Like, you feel feel like that's a good thing going on. I mean, I'm guessing it progresses throughout the series so don't share anything like that right i do um but they just both have so many demons of their own that they have to uh Mm. face isn't that that, the truth man that that's part of their whole thing is that out of everyone in ketterdom like they the only people they can really stand is each other (laughs) except for like the other crows but um Yeah, like, I mean, we so, all have our demons. We have to get over that to fall in love, right? Uh, it does progress some in um, the sequel. So she's planning on writing a third book that comes years later. So I'm hopeful to see what happens with certain characters because yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. So Inej gets captured by the flying people. Whatever they're called, the flying people, the Grisha that can control wind and everything. Um, so they capture Inej because uh, Kaz looks at her deeply and lovingly, and Van Exel like, "Oh heck, take her!" <laughs> just like, really? Come on, really? <laughs> you just had to notice that split second moment when I looked at her. Come on. So Inej is captured. They're on the run because they don't want. Uh, you know, or I guess they're not on the run yet, per se, because Van X all like, if you don't return the boy to me, I'm going to make sure every bounty hunter and person is looking for you. La 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 la. Um, so and then, of the course, the book ends with them talking to uh, um, Pekka Rollins uh, about money and having a job and stuff like that. Yeah. So or needing money to get an edge back. Uh, so I'm excited for the second book. I really am. I think, I think overall there was just a lot of exposition, um, obviously setting up characters and story for bigger, better things for the books, for the series. Um, just kind of a lot of a character development. I think that's why it was a little bit slow moving at the beginning, 
but once you set all that up and kind of had that solidified, I think the book just kind of takes off and I'm really excited for the second one. So, yeah, I think one of the great things about this book is that while it does have a slow buildup um, and like a lot of the action does happen at the end, that action, because you've waited for it, just is all the sweeter for that yeah. buildup. But you get to really love the characters by the end of it. And you, um, man, the second one just hits the ground running. But yay, I'm excited. Um, the effect that these books have, um, they're the kind of books where if you enjoy, like, things happening and then you get to see how it happened like it goes back a little bit and explains how everything fit together to this big picture you're like oh my gosh that's what was happening um mm, yeah because kaz is one of those uh t- always 10 steps ahead in his head kind yeah. of planners and that's why he is the lead because even when like the unexpected happens He's already got several things in motion to prevent or help something along that you think, oh my gosh, where did this come from? He's like, I got this, guys. Yeah, yeah, he he always has a plan. I think even at the end of the book, Jesper's all like, Kaz, please tell me you saw this coming. <laughs> Now's the time to say you saw this coming and you planned for it. Right. So, yeah. I mean, he's human, so she's got to have those moments where Kaz is like thrown through a loop um and the team does look to him for like please tell me you have a plan what's the plan Kaz yeah and so um it's just it's an amazing book because of how deep you get to love the characters and see how you know they just work together to survive yeah yeah and I think one of the moments that I, I want to touch on briefly because I missed it, but I think it's a really interesting part of the book is the part where Inej and Nina are playing like uh, call girls, I guess, in a sense, um, at the party. And Nina's kind of walking around talking to people and he meet, she meets like one of the, the generals or one of the officers or whatever. Um, of the of her enemy pretty much and she's like oh man i hope he doesn't recognize who i am uh and they kind of flirt and she tries to get uh you know information from him and stuff like that and then he's all like you want to go look at the grisha that we have trapped up and she was like no not really but um yeah sure (laughs) and then they did all that and then uh you know he traps her in one of the rooms and he says, um, I would kill you myself, but it's not my job or it's not it's not mine to take. And then Math- Matthias shows up and then, you know, he doesn't do it. But that's a, that was that was a cool that was a cool aspect of the book that I liked, too. I mean, because you really didn't believe Matthias would do that. But in the end, you're like, shoot, maybe he did turn like maybe he really did. <laughs> so Right. Yeah. And that's. Like, because there's the whole book series really does center around these six characters, not just Kaz. Kaz seems like the main character of this book, um, 
I think she split it up in a way that where while you do get everyone's perspective in this book, the main perspectives are like Inez, Kaz, and uh, yeah, I think maybe Jesper. Um, yeah, Jesper no, a little bit. Nina. But you do get a lot of like Wylan and Matthias in the second book. Oh, really? Um, to where you do get to see more of their perspectives, and um, she kind of split it up in that way. Yeah. And so everyone has their own like personal agendas within this whole heist thing. Mm-hmm. Oh and, yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. They all are working for something different. So like, even when the main plot might not seem like in motion, you've got these other things that are happening that you just want to see its re- resolution and how it's going to work itself out Yeah. for each yeah. individual character. Yeah. I do like how they had the chapters be different, you know, pe- different names of people, um, you know, like the character. Um, and then like it was through their personal view of the situation too. Mm-hmm. I did like that too. So rating of the book, what's your rating of the book? A 10. I'm just kidding. That's what I rate like all the books. Um, a I, 12, a 12 out of 10. I would say I'll give it an eight. Really? Yeah. I, I do think that sometimes it could be faster, but at the same time, having read it twice, I know a lot about it now and I love the characters in them. Yeah. Like characters for me can come alive at certain points. So, yeah, I, I was going to say seven. Okay. Yeah. Seven out of 10. What were some, was the flashbacks and like confusion, like your only nitpicky thing or were there other things that you were like, why? No. Um, my nitpicky stuff was confusion from flashbacks. Um, weird writing with the uh you know innocentness and then blood and gore um and then uh i think that was it i think that was it really and that's why i kind of gave it a seven out of ten because it was a great story but there were just some things that i was like uh i'm confused or names and stuff like that like it was really hard for me to follow names and everything as we had a moment of that right I'll in this episode you, i'll send you my um my what is it called uh pronunciation guide of all the names um so yeah i mean if you are a bookworm and you have not heard about this series and are interested go check it out or wait until we do the book review for the second one so you can get a solid opinion on that and if you should start the series um, if you have read the series already and you enjoyed the conversation, awesome. Hopefully you are pumped for me to read the second one because I haven't read any of these yet. So this is all new for me, as you could probably tell from this episode. Um, so thanks for coming on the show once again, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. It was Oh, you're fun. welcome. It was great to have you here. And uh, thanks for listening, you listeners out there. 
Um, new episodes every two weeks on Thursday. Go check out some episodes that you haven't listened to yet. I've got a lot there. Uh, thank you for listening. Stay safe out there. And remember, um, you don't care. <laughs> <laughs>